Welcome to another episode of Late Night with Tamir Benelli. And today we have David Tanase, and he is studying neuroscience at Université de Montréal. And today we're going to be talking about the future of Gen Z. So first of all, thank you so much for joining today. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so for the first question, I'm asking, what do you think Gen, Gen Z's future will look like overall? Like, you know, it could be short term, long term, but what do you see? I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like we're a fighter bunch. I feel like we have a lot of energy going on and we're very aware of our surroundings and of our future. But at the same time, we, we tend to get stuck on the little what I call like trends basically it's just like something like fads that come in that come and go that don't necessarily stick with obviously the main problem is going to be the environmental crisis and just general disparities regarding how we treat ourselves how we treat other individuals how we understand other people's perspectives and implement that understanding into how we're going to approach just general life and our guidance and we kind of get stuck on small things you know like we don't necessarily progress there was if you remember like early pandemic there was the george floyd movement and everyone for like three or four months had blm in their bio and then it disappeared when it was free palestine and then the war in ukraine so you know it's good that we notice these things but we don't necessarily have a tendency to follow through so i feel like gen z's main problem in the future is just going to be to like stick to our guns and fight until our last dying breath for what we believe in you know so do you think that it's more the fact that a lot of us don't actually care about it and we just want people to think that we do it to fit in yeah I, i feel like a part of it is very performative It's very like, oh, look at me. I'm so invested in what I do. And I feel like you have the same experience where you see people you don't necessarily expect to be like activists, let's call them. And they're going to be like, hey, guys, sign this petition. It's going to help do this and that. And then the next week, it's going to be a new thing and then another thing and then another thing. And it just ends up discrediting the cause. If you have just so many people who followed it for the for the fame of it, basically, almost. And it's a little sad. It's a little sad that we're at an age where activism is disposable, you know? Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Do you think that wasn't the case with other generations? Um, well, no, I not really. I mean, uh, so my parents were born in communist Romania and they've lived through communist Romania most of their lives. My mom was 19 when the regime fell. So she was early university, you know, part of the young people who participated in the rallies and who decided that enough was enough and that they wanted a change. They wanted something new, of course. Now we can discuss if it was better or if it was worse. We're not, I don't, I'm not sure we want to get into that. But, you know, they followed through their actions and they found the right avenues of support. And even though, you know, in um, communist Romania, the main problem was the security. So it was like normal citizens that were recruited by the government to snitch on other citizens. And it was at a point that there were so many of them that he started snitching on themselves. And it just created this sort of like hurricane of people just spying on you all the time every single day of your life so you know 
it was a problem and they followed through they said okay we want revolution we want change we're gonna ask for help from western countries there was a lot of people who fled communist romania to go and get help to germany and france and england and they just brought back a new vision i feel like that's what gen z is lacking we are lacking the um, the mentality of going elsewhere to see what how we can implement this back to us obviously i think that we're privileged being in the western society and i'm glad to be here like um i'm glad to the opportunities that i have and the resources that are available to me but at the same time we get complacent in them and i feel like that's just sad a little a little sad to see to be honest mm. yeah no i don't know if i thought of that before but it's true, yeah, because, like, I think we're very good at coming up with ideas, but we might not necessarily execute them a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like a lot of people have very good ideas and, you know, good good mentalities as to what needs to change, but not necessarily how they're going to do this or how they're going to follow through with it, you know? And do you think that we have some advantages that other generations didn't? I feel like access to information is a big one, especially we were born, we're pretty much the first generation to be born with the internet. And I feel like that's kind of a marking event and a marking characteristic that all Gen Z shares is that we have such knowledge of the internet and how to navigate it, how to use it, how to exploit it at some at a certain degree. And it's just insane. It's, it's, pure it's bonkers to be honest and that we have this and we're not fully utilizing it it it's it doesn't sit well with me to be honest and i'm not an example i'm not saying like do like me i'm a lot of talk and no bark i'm not i've (laughs) never been to one rally in my life and i but i don't know like if you can go if you can't it's not it you do what you can in the end, but it's better to do something and actually follow through with what you do, be it in ideals, be it in the way you, 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 you bring yourself in life and how you act and the actions that you take, rather than just being, oh, look at me, I posted a black square on my Instagram story, I'm such an ally, like, come on, guys, you can do better than this. So how would you say that we could use the internet in a better way? So I like, I really do like the idea that like um, sharing stuff has become a lot more prevalent and a lot easier to do. Like, for example, like it's very easy for someone to say, hey, we're protesting, I don't know, Trudeau investing in the pipelines mm-hmm. when it was the case. We're protesting and we're going at Square Georges-Étienne-Cartier at this time, at this date, post it on the stories. And in a split second, you have a thousand, two thousand, ten thousand people just knowing about this, not necessarily like going to it, but just knowing about it. And this spread of information, think about in the old days, you had to pass down flyers in the street. You had to put stuff on the walls. Police would come and tear it down. You Mm. had to like from mouth to ear, pass it around. It was impossible. It was a lot harder versus now. And we have access to news, news from all over the world, not just Canada, United States and Europe. We have, um, we can actually talk to people across the globe. You could have a conversation with someone in Vietnam or in uh, Laos or in, I don't know, Madagascar. Like this. If, if you ever wanted to, like, you know what, today I feel like talking to a Senegal guy to see how, how he lives life down there. You can do that. And I feel like that's so cool, but so like underutilized, you know? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess maybe like mm, trying to because I, I want to say like, you know, that it might not be the best idea for people to be on TikTok for eight hours. But I mean, yeah at the same no time, I mean the, obviously there's downsides obviously yeah internet has such downsides and like but i feel like that's not necessarily the the internet's fault which is a tool in the end it's more like what's marketed to uh what's easier of access you know it's a lot harder to be like okay let me go read the fucking i don't know the 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 italian press let me go see what's happening to italy versus opening tiktok and watching like cats and dogs and cooking videos and i don't know memes or whatnot and like kids falling down the stairs or some shit i don't know it's a lot easier you know and it's a lot funner it brings you more dopamine so you know it's just it's just it's just cool man it's just, yeah no of course there's downside of course there's downside to everything but it's Yeah. more like us how we're how critic how we approach it and the critical thinking being behind it you know Mm -hmm. I think it's also like not necessarily that the internet might be good or bad, but I think it's it's kind of like a substance, you know, like caffeine could be good or bad. I mean, depending on who you ask, but if you have, you know, like one or two coffees a day, maybe it'll help you not be tired. Maybe it'll help you be more productive, be in a better mood, but If you have like 10 coffees a day, then maybe it could cause health issues. So I think it's kind of like, are you using it properly or are you abusing it? You know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. There's definitely, um, with any new technologies comes new problems. And these are problems that no other generation has had to face. You know, I mean, everyone's pretty much aware that Gen Z's attention span has shortened a significant amount, especially with like short form videos and just so much stimulus that can come in through a screen that I've had trouble staying, staying like concentrated in class. I had to put an earbud in to listen to music to keep myself just constantly stimulated and find different ways to just stay there in the zone and just not zone out or take out my phone. And it's hard. It is hard. And you, to a certain extent, you kind of feel powerless. You're like, what is happening to me? How can I do this? How, how, what are the steps to, so I don't feel this way? So yeah, obviously there's, there's downsides but i feel like we're well aware of this being a problem and i think in the future we for example we, when we're gonna have kids we're gonna be a lot more critical when how we're gonna teach them to use the internet Mm -hmm. Yeah. obviously we're not gonna be like our parents would be like okay you only have two hours of internet i don't know like this evening because it's not a school night or some shit Mm -hmm. and no you're gonna be like okay you use the internet sure fine just use it this way don't do this if you find yourself doing this this is the solution if you find yourself doom scrolling at 2 a.m maybe it's a problem maybe take something else a pen or start reading a book if you see yourself getting trapped and sucked in you have to get out we cannot help you you have to find the tools for yourself to you know navigate this in intricate space that is the internet I think for attention spans, I noticed that like, it's not, you know, like, obviously, on average, our attention spans have gone down. But I don't think it necessarily has to be like a permanent thing. You know, I think if you force yourself to watch like some boring two hour documentary, and could put your phone in your room or something, you know, or, Oh, yeah, for sure. you know, like, just go to class and like,
put turn off all your electronics like just doing that every now and then i think could fix the the issues that like tiktok and i don't know youtube shorts and all these things Yeah. have done to your brain because like i noticed it myself and i've said it before like on other episodes but i quit tiktok in like march uh, 2022 and i noticed Did you? that my attention span has gone up ever since like it used to be to the point where like i couldn't do anything without tiktok you know like even sometimes i was washing my hands in the bathroom and i'm like you know what, let me play one in the background or something like Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I couldn't do anything without having like a stimulus at least just in the background and i noticed ever since i quit and now i force myself if i want to like to watch something maybe like a 10 or 20 minute youtube video and i noticed that my attention span has gone up so i think that's something that people could try also yeah definitely i mean during like uh when i get close to finals i tend to do is i tend to leave my phone at home even when i go to school like i uh i like shut it down and i put it in the kitchen and i just do not take take it with me at school and i feel like that helps a lot and just like also having your phone in a different room Because it's too easy. It's too easy to just be like, okay, I studied 30 minutes. I read one chapter. Let me just go, go on my phone. And then you, you see the time go from 9 to like 1 a.m. You're like, what happened? Hello? But yeah, no, definitely. And um, we talk a lot about like TikTok and YouTube just having like the short form content. But there's a lot of very good content that can actually help you expand your mind too, you know. So I guess it also depends on like what you're looking at and... you know, how you approach entertainment in general. Do you want to be entertained for this value or do you want to actually like learn something from it? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there is good stuff too, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like this has also like expanded a little in like the movies we watched. I don't know if you like, I've, I, I like watching old movies. Like uh, me and my cousin, it's a pastime of ours, you know, like watching movies from like the thirties, the forties, the fifties, Yeah. the sixties. And I find the pacing so much slower. Yeah, because Even it's though more they like real talk life. fast, they talk so Yeah. fucking fast. Sometimes I don't understand, but the pacing is so slow. And I'm like, okay, is there a problem with me? Or are they just fucking slow at writing a story? God damn it. Like go through with it. I don't need 20 minutes of her explaining her life story to find out that she's in love with the guy who's getting married tomorrow. Like, it's okay. I get it. But I think it's also a problem that we we got so used to everything being so fast. Think about how f the new Fast and Furious, oh my god, it's so fast. Everything just happened. Marvel has just gotten this jotted down of just making punchlines after punchlines and memorable things. And then five seconds later, something new and then another story and then another character. It's It's become ingrained a little that everything is supposed to go fast. And it's a little scary, to be honest. Yeah, it might not. I don't think it's necessarily that it it was slow pace, or maybe it is now compared to uh, what we're used to. I think more before it was just actually the, the pace of actual life. Right? Like, um, I don't know if you've ever watched the older James Bonds, for example, but the first one, like Doctor No, I watched it, and like you know, there maybe I think there was like ten minutes just dedicated to him shaving and going in the shower and. Uh, You know, Yeah. he's like a, I don't know, some spider or whatever, and then he kills it. I don't know, I'm probably messing up some of the facts. But that whole scene is like maybe 10 minutes long, because in reality, it is 10 minutes long, right? But if Yeah. you put that in a movie today, they're going to say like, what a waste of time, you know? Why aren't there more explosions or like different cutscenes in different cities and different countries? And, you know, like, Yeah, of course, 10 minutes of course. is not enough. And 
I, I, I want to say like a disclaimer. I'm not like an elitist or an ageist. Like I don't think like, oh, everything that was old, that was better. And now anything new is shit, right? There's a lot of new stuff I enjoy and I'm proud of enjoying it. But I feel like the general trend is lower, like condensed a bunch of entertainment into the shortest form video. So you can market as many as you can and just create a steady fan base to eventually it all leads to this just to make more money It's just to make more money all of it and it's 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 sad and i feel like that's that's a main that's pretty much our main problem with gen z we have to find a way to build rebuild society and everything around it that in a way that isn't profit based you know in a way that isn't like okay let's do everything to make more money like, mm-hmm. I don't know, that's that's my personal opinion yeah so I, i'm that kind of ties into the next thing i wanted to ask because i wanted to ask what do you think the top three challenges are for gen z in the years to come huh, top three challenges i think I so i again it's uh it ties into a little like following through what you say you know it's i feel like it's like collectivist and just general actions on our beliefs i feel like that's going to be a big problem uh, we talked about attention span and I feel like AI now is going to be a big problem just because of the rise and like not everyone understanding how it works. Obviously, I'm in neuroscience. I mean, it's we've dealt about ChatGPT in class. We've talked about it extensively. So I come from a different background and I have a different approach. And there's the whole idea now that like oh a computer could theoretically like uh, model a human of a human brain some agree some disagree i'm still on the fence about it so i feel like ai as a concept is going to be a problem especially if it's going to be used to um reduce intrinsic human value i'm a believer that humans have dignity just by the fact that they're humans and that they have a consciousness and ai kind of poses a threat to this idea especially in the way that it's progressing right now Hmm. yeah i mean like one thing with chat gpt i think it's really nice if you grew up without it you know like for me like that's i'm not scared for myself you know like i know how to how to write an email or how to whatever write an essay or no anything like that right? like I'm, I'm not worried about my skills going down but yeah sure. it's nice that i could do it and now i could use chat gpt if i want like as a boost you know but what worries me more is like people let's say that are in starting high school now or something what if they never learn how to actually write you know they yeah keep using chat gpt and i don't know that's just like it's kind of unsettling a bit and people think yeah that's a good point and people think that chat gpt is like this genius novel ideas no it's not it's just recycled stuff off the internet but it's the idea of like processing all that information yourself has a certain appeal to it that using chat gpt takes away from it you know like sure it's all information you could find on the internet so it's all stuff that's accessible to you but the idea of you puzzling information together too like as you like you said put together the essay or the email or you know how to write properly to like a supervisor or a teacher or a job offer chat gpt kind of takes away this from you you know Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just, uh, not only that, I don't find chat GPT is necessarily the best quality, you know, like I've tested it a few times and I would say like it at best, like maybe like high school level, you know? Yeah. 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 It kind of, it kind of sucks. Said, like write a master's thesis on, uh, whatever psychology or something. And it was just awful. You know, I'm like, yeah, it sucks. And the references it gives you are most of the time are, I read an article, it said ChatGPT hallucinates its answers. And I feel like it's kind of that. It just, on the spur, and it, that's how it was programmed to do, is it finds a word, and then it puts in the second word, and then the third word, but it goes so fast that you don't realize, and you think, oh, this sentence is so cool and so smart. But it it has no true substance behind it, no true value behind it. It's just mashed up information. And a lot of the times, that information is false. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I think it's important, like, just to use it as a tool sometimes instead of that being, like, the sole, you know, like... Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, uh, medium or whatever you want to yeah. call it. Yeah, that's a... I, um, I actually, I started using Python for my uh, my lab work. And I had to, like, convert a file, like, a pickle file into, like, a CSV. And I've never used Python in my life. I'll be real honest with you. I watched a few videos, and I was like, what the fuck is this shit? So I typed into ChatGPT, like, how to do this. And in the span of 15, 20 minutes, him and I, we figured out a code <laughs> that could work for me to, first-time Python user, to transform this file I got from, like, one of my supervisors into, like, a readable Excel file. So I found, like, that's pretty cool. Instead of me having to go on like Stack Overflow and read through like a bunch of computer scientists uh, boasting about their abilities as to how they're able and their code works, I'm just, I just ask him, he's like, hey, do this for me. I'm like, oh, it doesn't work? Here, I'm going to paste you the error, fix your code. Okay, give me back the code. I feel like that's pretty cool. I feel like that's a yeah. cool tool to have, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think it's great for that. I, I, I don't, honestly like don't see it really an issue with that. Yeah, I see more an issue like, you know, something, I don't know, let's say you want to write like, okay, there's an author, I don't know if you heard, but he released, he releases maybe a book every few weeks, and it's all just AI written. And he actually profits off it. Like he says it, like he says, this book was written what? three different AI, Chad GPT and two other ones. I don't remember the name. And he's a famous sci-fi author and people actually buy it and he profited off of this and he's proud cool. of it. Like, Maybe every wow. two weeks he comes out with a new AI book. And that, Jesus. like, I don't know if, I don't think that's cool, really. You know, I don't, that sounds, yeah. I'm gonna be honest, that sounds dystopian as fuck. I'm gonna be yeah. real honest with you. That's scary. That's so scary. Yeah, yeah no, uh, it's not, that's one of our problems that we're gonna have to deal with eventually. We were the first one to encounter ChatGPT as a generation. And when we're gonna be, of age let's say to be like ceos bosses politicians it's going to be our job to do this and to figure out and navigate solutions both legislative societal and just all around just figure a way how to approach this because it's only going to get worse from here right mm. technology is only going to keep increasing and keep evolving and if we don't have a rigorous guideline as to what technology can and can't do who knows where we'll end up? Yeah, I agree. I'm not. I'm not trying to be alarmist and be like we're all going to be Terminator and Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to come after us. But like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. It's, it's...
No, I mean, it, it do it do be looking a little scary. And um, what events do you think are going to define our uh, our worldview as a generation? I uh, I've been talking about like how the internet has clearly defined us as a generation, but I also think the pandemic really defined us. I mean, some of us learned so much during the pandemic about ourselves and like spending time like constrained time in a secluded environment almost because that's what it is we're all home separated from one another you know it's it's hard it's hard on people and it's hard on your mental and well i know a lot of people like were depressed or anxious and it, i think it was a big boom in terms of how we normalize mental health and how we approach it as well you know like people I feel like post-pandemic, people really believe like, oh, so depression as a large scale is a problem. And it is something that is that can be tied into this or that event or that specific societal structure that makes it so that like this specific group of people is more uh, inclined towards depression. And, you know, that's a good thing. Now, some people c could argue that like, oh, but like now everyone these days says that they're depressed and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure some people are saying that they're depressed for the clout. I mean, <laughs> what, clout could you, what clout could you have from that? But I like, sure, I'm pretty sure some people will do that. But as a general trend, I feel like this is a good thing to, you know, like be mindful and be aware that like, our actions and the way we conduct ourselves as a society has an impact on each of us individually, regardless of statue, of statue, regardless of socio demographics. We're impacted by what we do, and this is important. And this is something that the pandemic really helped us understand. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I it's good that you're like finding positives from the pandemic because it's not oh like there's a there's so many negatives but i'm so tired of talking <laughs> about them i would be real honest with you i'm so tired of them but yeah i mean yeah there's a there's a few positives too you know <laughs> yeah because i think what worries me most is like maybe the the younger parts of gen z or even gen alpha like people that you know grew up they were in like elementary school or whatever when when there was like full-fledged uh covid restrictions and everything was closed and everyone was wearing a mask and like, you know, like people were too scared to touch a doorknob without using like hand sanitizer three times. But I think <laughs> bad about that is at least people our age, like we had, I had like 18 years before all that stuff started. So I, I just said like, okay, I, I could tell that this is not like what life is usually like, right. It's kind of just like a speed bump or something, you know, but the thing is, what if you're like five years old and you're experiencing this, to you, you're saying like, this is what society is like, you know, and then all of this stopped. And now you have, now you're like, oh, it's not like that. And it's, it's like a lot more, I think it could have a lot more of a, an yeah. effect. Yeah. And I guess only time will tell. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but the, we lived through an economic crisis, the 2008, the famous yeah. 2008 crisis. Right. Yeah. And I remember parts of it, I guess. Like, we weren't very rich at that time. I mean, my parents immigrated in 2001, and I was born in 2002. So really, like, the time period and the economic constraint of having not me, not just me, but my sister as well, was pretty harsh. But, like, I remember us, like, 
severely cutting down on our expenses and uh, we would eat like the free lunches that the school provided more often than we usually did and it's not something that I feel like has marked me that much just because like now as I got older I'm like oh I read into this oh this is what happened oh that's why we couldn't get ice cream when I asked for it on like that one summer day and when we were in the park you know So I feel like maybe it, it it's really going to depend on how things progress from here on out. Like, I feel like younger parts of Gen Z and Gen Alpha might just be able to recover and be like, oh, yeah, that happened. But like, you know, we're aware of it and we're aware that it might have consequences, but like we can deal with this or it's going to be like, oh, no, we're totally fucked. We're just lost <laughs> in this. We're lost in the sauce. Um, we're not going to be able to get out of it. So it really it really depends on how we go from here on out. What do you think are some things that young people could do so that like, despite all the hurdles that we're going to face, they could be successful in the future? I feel like success is defined by a lot of people in very different ways. But what I find for now has worked for me is I've worked a lot on like my critical thinking. So just like analyzing through different lenses, stuff that happens, I've started to read the news more. I've started to read into philosophy more, into psychology more. Just also being in neuroscience is just, it kind of forced my hand into being more like this to understand other parts of the brain and how they act on it. Not necessarily at a biological or molecular level, but just different interactions because every single thing we do has an effect on us, you know, and critical thinking has really helped me a lot. Obviously, I have a more, uh, I've now developed a more biased lens. I'm much more left leaning than I'd say the general population. And, you know, I assume it like, sure, that's, that's me. Like, that, it's okay. And because of this, I have different perspectives that might, that might differ from what mainstream media might, uh, might propose. But I feel like just Developing critical thinking and your own system of beliefs and values that you can defend is something that is pretty important. But more than that, I feel like it's uh, it's also developing healthy coping strategies for ultimately hurdles and obstacles that are going to be out of our controls. Mm -hmm. And here I'm not the best examples because not all of my coping mechanisms are healthy. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I try. I try. I try. Yeah. Well, I agree for sure with, with the critical thinking because like, I don't really want to say, you know, like what my political stances are, but uh, sure. <laughs> you know, like for what I've noticed a lot is like a lot of younger people today in schools, they kind of tell them like, this is what you should believe for each topic, you know? And then the thing is, is that if you say something different, like let's say it's more left or more right. And The, the they'll they'll fail to challenge you or to explain to you yeah. why it's wrong, right? Yeah, and they'll, they'll like they'll freak out. They'll say like that's not you know they say cool. like how dare you say something like that? That's horrible. Yeah, yeah, I get, I get, like, I totally get what you mean. Yeah, uh, I think you know like school should teach you how to think and like how to make your own decisions. But today, at least a lot of schools are kind of just telling you this topic. This is what you should believe. This topic. And I don't think that's very good. I think like it's good to take a step back and say like, what do I actually feel about this? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a very good point. And uh, or like 
Sure, school could offer a solution. Be like, okay, so this is the mainstream opinion about, I don't know, let me get a bland ass topic, about the pli- the pipeline, the pipeline project of Trudeau. This is the general mainstream media. There are two views, one that supports the pipeline because it's economy, blah, 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 one that doesn't support because it's destructive for the environment and goes through Aboriginal territories. This, these are the main points. Let's analyze these, each of them, and how they came to be. You know, that I feel like would be a good thing. But rather than say pipelines are bad or pipelines are good or police bad or I don't know, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, I agree here with you that forcing this type of minimized and just constrained opinion is. Um, it's just bad. It's just bad. And uh, I've had like teachers, like I've asked at some point, I've asked like my high school teachers, oh, because I had like contract co- contradicting views with them. I'm like, why is it wrong? Why is it wrong what I say? Or why is it right what you say? And they're like, oh, but you're too young to understand. And I feel like that's not the case. Yeah, that's not nice. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not nice. And it's not nice to hear either. Like you feel belittled and left out, you know? And then you never grow up to like, actually understand where your views from and i feel like this is where a lot of uh a lot of people are at their stage they have just a bland opinion about things because they were never pushed to push further you know Mm -hmm. yeah like i even have an example actually i think i was in uh grade eight when uh yeah when justin trudeau won the federal election and my teacher actually said he was like i'm in such a good mood the liberals won this is a victory for all of us and then you know like if if you have you know kind of like the ability to go home and do research after then either you could say you know what i thought about it and i agree or i thought about it and i disagree but the thing is that at least like maybe half of the people in that classroom are not going to do the research and they're not going to talk to anybody and they're just yeah. like, yeah, yeah, it's a victory. You know, the liberals are the best and like I'm liberal and maybe they're going to vote liberal when they're 50 because of that. So that's kind of... Or, or even worse, have like, oh, my parents voted liberal, so I'm going to vote liberal. Yeah. What, what is that? Like, no, you you are your own being. Form your opinions, goddammit. Like, read something. Yeah, yeah, I understand what you mean. And yeah, I feel like it's... It is a little bit of a problem. And... Um, we tend to discredit it, you know, it's, I was in CJEP when I found out that a lot of my opinions were actually formed and like created and they weren't my own, you know, and that kind of shook me to my core because I used to have like pretty centrist mainstream opinions that I never like looked further into. And what I actually did, I was like, oh, but this comes from that and that comes from this. And this actually, if I push it further, it's going to support that. And I'm against like, the end goal so why would i accept this opinion you know so yeah no it's um it's a good point to have and critical thinking definitely plays a big part and i feel like a lot of people are on the right track but it's not enough it's not i i feel like we're we're just not there yet and i'm not there yet shit i have a bunch of topics that i can i i don't know how to defend yet i don't know how to like convince myself that i'm right about these topics or not necessarily right but just in going in the right direction and taking thinking in the right way about them and how to approach them you know i think another thing that could help with that that a lot of people don't necessarily do is to be willing to like talk and listen to anybody's point of view 
Oh yeah. Oh, but yeah, yeah, me, yeah, I have no problem. Let's, let's say like a certain topic, you know, like, I don't know, let's just say like abortion or something. Mm -hmm. I would be willing to listen why people are pro-life or why people are pro-choice. And it doesn't mean if I disagree with them, I have to like, you know, beat them up or like, you know, swear at them or whatever, you know, like it's yeah. okay to say like, you know, it's interesting. I like to hear where you're coming from. And then you could go home and think like, now nah, where do I fall in that spectrum, you know? Yeah, for sure. And just like understand where they come from and what eventually anything we all kind of want the same things in like the same broad ideals. We all want well-being for everyone. We all want um, goodness and individual fulfillment. Right. But it's just how we approach that differs. So it's it's the idea that like everyone, if you go from the premise that everyone wants the same thing. It's going to be so much easier to discuss even with someone who has totally opposing views and it's in the end it just makes discourse easier and less uh less aggressive mm. and i feel like that's pretty important yeah i agree yeah i think that is true though i don't think like you know from any anywhere in the political spectrum I, at least you know unless you're like a serial killer or something I think most people don't have their views because, you know, like, let's say, I, I don't think someone, let's say, was communist. I don't think they're communist because they're like, I want everybody to starve. You know, I think, <laughs> I think they're yeah. communist because they believe that communism would, like, work the best and make the most people happy, you know. So yeah. that's why, whether or not it's, like, the case, I think it's nice just to hear them out and see why they think that. Yeah, for sure. And this is something that Gen Z has a very big advantage that we can work on because from a young age, we've been uh, pushed involuntarily almost to have all these interactions. I don't know if you remember, like for me, the police shooting protest and the George Floyd protest marked me a lot because it was the first time I saw people of my generation actually go up and speak and be like, this is wrong. We should talk about it. I mean, you had like 15, 16 year olds who were going up to Congress in the States to talk about, dude, having guns in school is bad. Why do we still, why are we still having this discussion? And that really, that I, I was happy to see that. And I feel like this is something that we should go forward, you know, and be like, okay, I have good ideas. I have good opinions. I want to promote them. So I'm just going to read more, think about it more and just, keep keep pushing it until something happens you know mm. yeah that's true yeah because it's kind of interesting what you're saying about like people our age doing things politically because like you know when you grow up whenever you see people it's always people that are way older right like on the news or yeah. anything like business owners or politicians or the adults the big the big exactly. people exactly but then like you reach you know maybe your 20s and then you look at i don't know like a teacher or a doctor or like a president of some country or like a famous celebrity and sometimes like you're they're your age or they're even younger you know like it's yeah. crazy that there's you know like famous musicians right now that are touring the world and they're like a year younger than me like yeah it's a crazy yeah. first time in my life where things like that have been happening so it's like, yeah, it changes your view a lot that, you know, like say like that could be me or that could be someone who was in class with me in kindergarten or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It is, it is a little disconcerting. And I feel like we have a lot of, 
potential that we're not necessarily harnessing and that's my problem too i'm i'm a lazy i'm lazy as fuck. i'm lazy i'm gonna say it I'll, there's days where i don't want to do anything and i eventually i'm gonna feel bad for not doing anything but it's something that it's a constant battle and i feel like that's that's gen z's constant battle as well not getting sucked into everything that's easy and everything that's accessible and just we have all this all these advantages we should use them and eventually we're gonna do good i'm sure we're gonna get out of this with flying colors you know yeah that's nice <laughs> then yeah i mean it, like i i want to think like that and i should you know <laughs> <laughs> life sucks enough as it is might it might as well just be optimistic yeah. about the future oh, yeah, that's you know true. But like, what are some things you would say that we're currently doing right? And what would you say are some things that we're doing wrong at the moment? Yeah, good question. Good question. I feel like it's a lot of case by case basis rather than generalizing as a as a whole. Uh, obviously, again, we're very privileged to be living in first world countries and having information that's most accessible in first world countries but um i've read a little about like what's going on in different parts of the world and i find that the youth for example in brazil in uh, vietnam in ukraine are a lot more um forward with what they want in brazil for example uh during bolsonaro's reign who was an extremely far-right borderline fascist uh isolationist protectionist the youth was much in during much of the protest and it was 16 17 18 year olds versus us that it's because we're very privileged we tend to sit like on our cushion and just be like oh i'm gonna pick and choose what i do and where i go you know it's so i don't know it's it's hard to generalize it's very hard to generalize and i feel like we do good in the sense that how we promote information and how we bring forth causes that we find dear to our heart but I also find wrong that we kind of get sucked into them for a while and then forget about them. Uh, I don't know if I, oh, I don't know if you remember the Uyghur massacre. Oh, the yeah. Chinese yeah. concentration camps for Muslim populations. Yeah. And how like 2017, 2018, boom, explosion, everyone uh wearing the um, the Uyghur flag the with the the Islam moon and the star and the with the pale blue paint and then it stopped and then it came back again during the pandemic and then it stopped mm-hmm. I did it, I kind of got into a rabbit hole where I did more research into why it stopped and turns out why it stopped is that the Chinese government did something right for once and invited UN inspectors into their countries into the camp specifically and the UN inspectors came back and reported and said that there was no crimes against humanities and that was all just a hoax. And at some point, I don't know if I have the article, but at some point I found that um, they invited uh, Muslim countries as well. So Saudi Arabia, the Emirates, uh, I think it was Iran as well and Indonesia and representatives of these countries said that Chinese China was doing nothing wrong and I, they have no political alliance Saudi Arabia and China hate each other by the way they despise each other and still they were saying nothing so it's it's we get sucked into these things because it's fun because it's cool because it makes you feel like you're part of something great a little I find it a little like religion although this is 
maybe you don't want to get into this maybe you do i'll just throw it out there <laughs> but i find that it's it's the idea of like belonging to something greater and something noble and then you forget about it and then you go back into it again and then you forget about it and i hate this voyeur of going and coming back and going and coming back and i i despise i this why can't we just follow through okay follow through if you find out that you're wrong you're wrong if you find out that you're right you're right you know but just follow through at the end that's that's the main part that's that's what we should do yeah no it's pretty interesting like especially like one thing i learned i'd say more during covid but it might not be the best idea to just take what the media says uh, you know like as the absolute truth because yeah. like you know what what i was thinking about recently actually is you know like how um like we laugh at let's say people in in russia or like north korea because their media tells them that you know like you should never go to the us or canada because it's a terrible place and whatever so they're scared and and they believe it you know like if you tell them like oh you should come and visit i don't know like miami or something they're going to be like oh my god that's a terrible terrible place and we laugh at that but at the same time we're scared to go to those places we do the exact same thing it's the wheel never keeps the wheel keeps spinning the exact same way yeah you're 100% yeah. right like how do i know like maybe if i go to china it would be an amazing place and they would treat me like really well but like a lot of people are scared because the media is saying that you're going to get an exit ban or you're going to whatever you know but like you know if they're like if they're getting i don't want to say like tricked you know but if people from other countries are getting the wrong information and we're laughing at them for that then and then we're not laughing at ourselves for believing what they tell yeah. us it's kind of an issue you know yeah it is it is uh yeah this is actually an interesting point i don't know if you remember like a lot about like high school history classes but do you remember like the war and information that was happening during like the cold war and world yeah. war 1 and world war 2 and how each side was kind of bashing on the other side and then when we got to like contemporary history it just stopped we just never talked about it again mm-hmm. like oh after the cold war that stopped i don't know did it really stop do you feel like it stopped not really you know yeah yeah me neither me neither and it's it's bothering me that we got we got we got a little duped into thinking that oh yeah that was those were those were mechanisms of the past only russia and china are doing it we're not doing it how how could we possibly do this we're the good guys what do you mean so yeah you know it's it's hard it's hard i'm i'm not kidding you i'm i'm still having trouble like listening to the news and be like okay let me take this news article Let me see what's behind it and what are the motivations behind writing this article and you know figure out where it comes from and why it's here why it's why is it on my feed what's what's the important information I have to get from it you know but not everyone has the luxury and the time to do this and I'm very aware of this mm-hmm. yeah yeah that that is important though but yeah obviously Yeah, it's kind of hard though because like it it's so easy to like it's obviously way easier to just see something on, you know, on your phone when you swipe left, you know, on like the Apple News spotlight or whatever. Yeah. You just say, "Okay, cool." And and then you just move on with your day then to actually like research it and see like if it's, you know, if it has any worth to it. Yeah. So yeah, like I understand obviously not everyone wants to sit down and like take the time to analyze everything. 
Yeah, of course. And ev- eventually, like, I got, I'm, I'm going to be real honest about it. I got to a point where I only analyze things that I find go against my, um, my personal beliefs. So I'm a lot more reluctant to news that comes out of the United States, just because I find the United States a very polarizing place and just a general place that goes against my personal belief stances. And they tend to do a lot of bashing on other countries. So anything I read and I see like CNN or Fox or the independent or whatever, I tend to be like, okay, let's, let's really read what they say about Brazil or what they say about Vietnam or what they say about China. And like, yeah, I don't know if you remember, but like in last August, I think January, uh, July, August, there was a big thing about like, oh, China is protesting again, and it's Tiananmen too. They brought back the tanks, and then it suddenly stopped again. They just stopped talking <laughs> about it. They're like, oh, they're frozen people's assets in their banks because the country's running out of money. It was just a bank failure. And the tanks were old Soviet tanks that were pulled on for a parade. People were cheering on the parade. So, like, it's it's dumb stuff like this that makes me think, like, are we really this easily controlled? Mm. But yeah, no, no, it's uh, critical thinking, again, it's just so important. It's just so important to have, regardless of your lens, regardless of your own values, you have to dig deeper. You have, if you can, you have, and you have to. It's just, mm. it, it should be involuntary. Yeah, I agree with that, for sure. But I, I try to like tell like my younger family members and stuff, you know, like sometimes I question them, like, why do you believe this? And they can't answer. Yeah. You know, like maybe you should. That's, look that's such a good question. I find like that's such a good question. Why do you believe this? If you're unable to answer it to yourself, to yourself, not even to others, to yourself, if you're unable to answer, why do I believe this? Dig deeper, dig mm-hmm. deeper. Yeah. And kind of like a, a different topic. But uh, I see a lot of, again, like, well, no, we're still talking about, you know, like news articles and stuff like that. But a lot of news articles have been bashing Gen Z recently in terms of in the workplace. They're saying like, uh, oh, yeah, Gen Z is the worst generation to work with. And they don't want to work anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like, do you think that we're really going to change something in like in the work culture or or here i should ask this like do you first of all do you think there is actually a difference or they're just hating on us for you know like wanting basic treatment as a human being or like what do you think about all of this uh talk uh yeah it's interesting uh i'm uh i'm a really i'm kind of a fan of quiet quitting you know the idea of like you're gonna do your you're gonna do no the name terrible name you're doing job requirements and they call it quitting yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's the name sucks but the idea of like okay i'm paying i'm getting paid for this amount so i'm gonna do this amount of work you want me to work overtime you're gonna have to pay me overtime it's just the way it works and you know they're quite quitting but the company's still running even though they're not putting that much effort so it's the idea that like we're kind of dismantling a lot about like the work culture and you know the idea that like you should make work your whole life after you finish school or whatnot or even during school and after school and before school you know you should 
go to school to get a good job, to get a good job, to get a good retirement, to get a good, good retirement, to get a good coffin. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not here for the mahogany coffin. Like, no, that's not my end point. You know, it's a little morbid, but like it, in the end, this was a lot of the main, of the main held belief. Like you go to school to get a good job, to get a good job, to get a good retirement and linger, live a long, happy life by working 40 hours a week and then going to beers with your coworkers. Like, I don't know. And um, right now I'm at a lab where I'm doing an internship, so I'm not paid. But a lot of the masters, doctorate students, postdoctorate students have started organizing and being like, hey, we want more out of this institution for our work, you know? And although we're young, although we don't have director in our name, although we don't have like MD, PhD in our name, we are still doing relevant work and we want more for our work, you know? And that I find really cool and really interesting that gen z is a lot more open i'd say to uh the idea of collective action you know hmm. yeah interesting yeah i think also it's more of the fact that we don't tolerate you know like people treating us as less than human yeah because yeah, we that's tend very to... common in like a lot of minimum wage job culture i'm sure even higher like corporate and stuff but you know, like the fact that, I don't know, let's say you're doing an internship and, you know, it's like kind of the classic uh, stereotype that they just tell you to bring them coffee, you know, like, yeah, like that's something maybe the older generations would have tolerated. But I think Gen Z, you know, we're more like, come on, you know, like, it's just not, it's not fair. Like, wh why are you doing that? You know, and then yeah. I don't feel, I don't feel like we're fan of the pull yourself by the bootstraps mentality and the idea that you have to start from the shit tier level to go and no, you, we all deserve decency in our job, whether it be fast food worker or an intern or a finance bro or whatever. We deserve dignity into our work and we deserve compensation for our work. We're happy to do it, but we need proper, I don't know how to call it, a proper, like a good sustenance, you know, like a, a good basis of from which to work with or else we're not going to work. Who's going to stop us? We're not going to work yeah and like yeah also with um like as an example with quiet quitting one of my teachers actually like um i remember and she's like probably in her 60s she told us on the first day she's like you know these are the days when i'll an be answering emails she's like if you email me on the weekend or after 5 p.m she's like good luck i'm with my family like screw you you know and a lot of people we're kind of offended by that but i'm like you know what like i want to give this woman like a high five yeah know? yeah like, good for her good you know? for you yeah. yeah good for you good for you like i sure it's gonna it's gonna suck when you're gonna have an assignment to do monday and you're sunday at like 11 p.m you're like teacher i don't understand this sure it's gonna suck but like they're human as well they're allowed to have a life outside of your work and you're allowed to have a life outside of your work there's a famous uh, leftist meme that is like, oh, what's your dream job? And the guy answers, I don't dream of labor. And sure, <laughs> it's very it's very reductive and, and a little silly, but it has it has a good idea. Like work shouldn't be all that you aim for. It shouldn't be that like you work for Desjardins or you work for Pearson Morgans or you work for uh, Mila Montreal, which is like the highest like AI uh, company in Montreal. So it's, it's the idea that like, we are more than our work, and we deserve to be treated as such, you know?
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And also like one thing that, because it's funny, we're saying that it's like a Gen Z thing, but I think like every generation had at least some percentage of oh, people that definitely. think this way. Because there's a song that I really like that's from like 1949 or something. <laughs> Just to show you like how long ago people had this mentality. And it's called Enjoy Yourself, It's Later Than You Think. It's from, I think his name is Guy Lombardo. But basically what he's saying is like, you know, like we always tell ourselves we can't enjoy our life until we get into a good school and then or until we get a good job. And then until you get a promotion, until you're like the partner, until whatever, you know. But the thing is, like he one of the lines that he says is like, be, I'm not going to get it right word for word, but he, he's like, have fun traveling the world when you're on your rocking chair. You know, because, yeah, yeah. Like you can't just keep telling yourself, like, "I'm only allowed to enjoy my life when I achieve this or whatever," because then it's just a vicious cycle, and I don't like that. You know, I, I think yeah. like it's why do I not deserve to like I don't know go to the beach at 21? Why is that like so terrible? You yeah, know? of course. It's like okay, I want to take the weekend off. I want to take my Friday off and have Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Go, I don't know, to Saint Jean Richelieu with my family. Why can't I do that? Who's, what's going to stop me? Yeah, I feel like uh, we're definitely thinking about different ways as to how to approach work and just the work life in general. And yeah, that's a good, that's a good thing. I'm, I'm happy about how we're progressing with that, you know, and also how we're treating minimal wage job. Like you, have you worked like a minimum wage job and like, I don't know, fast food, retail, customer uh service? I, I worked um, at a bank for a little bit last summer. It was a bit more than minimum wage, but it kind of similar, the, like as a teller, because like people treat you like it's a minimum wage job. So yeah. I'm not going to say it's as bad, you know, like at least I wasn't in a hot kitchen and I'm not going to compare it. Yeah. I understand some of the the sentiments, you know. But doesn't it, doesn't it give you like a different approach as to how you yourself treat other people who were in customer service or in retail or in fast food i feel like it does yeah because like i think one thing that a lot of i'm I, like i don't want to generalize but you know a lot of baby boomers they they don't really consider that the the people that are working there are not like the ceo of the company you know yeah that's one thing you have to realize you know like it let's say like this bank I was working at, if I thought all of their credit cards were shit, you know, I'm not allowed to say that, you know, like sometimes someone could come in, say like, like someone asked me, when do you have a credit card that gives me lounge access? And I'm like, yeah, I have this card with another bank, but all the cards are shit at this bank. But I couldn't say that, you know, so I, I just have to say, unfortunately, we do not. at this yeah. bank. And like, thankfully she was nice to me but a lot of people you know they'd be like what the hell is wrong with you why not but the thing is like i can't make that decision you know i'm not like in the board of directors i can't just for you release a, a credit card that gives you lounge access yeah you know? yeah i think you have to realize that they're just doing it to get money and they're not like they can't make these decisions at the, such a high level so it's not really worth treating them poorly yeah yeah it's it's understanding that like everyone is human in the way and every time you you pick up the like phone i don't know you call your delivery mate or you call your pharmacy it's someone else it's a human being with emotions who's answering on the other side even if they have the corporate bland 
hello, how can I help you today? It's still a person talking to you, you know? But yeah, it's, uh, uh, I feel like I've, so I've worked as a pharmacy tech for almost a year before quitting because school and work was getting too much. But uh, yeah, it definitely helped me just understand better what other people are going through. And, you know, like being understand understanding that people make mistakes sometimes. Uh, they get my order wrong at a McDonald's. I'm not going to make a whole scene about it. Like, it's fine, I guess. It's no biggie. Like, I understand. It's okay. Or, you know, it's just under understanding that we're all human in the end and that we all kind of want the same thing. You know, I feel like I'm repeating myself. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I guess one more thing uh, to end it off. Uh, so if you had to give like a, a motto or a, a slogan to Gen Z, what would it be? Oh boy, that's a hard ass question. Uh, I don't know really. I don't know if I have, if I, I'm, I'm self-righteous in my hubris enough to be the one to give a motto to Gen Z. I feel like, we all kind of know what we're doing and we should just like like a sort of like people of the world unite we have nothing to lose but our chains type beat you know just like understand that we're all in this together for real like i'm not joking the planet is dying and we're all in it together it's not just countries it's not just states it's not just the left it's not just the right all of us and that we should find a way together to um to progress and my favorite philosopher, Slavoj Žižek, shout out to the boy. He uh, he has a very nice uh, nice phrase that I think sums it all pretty well. It's think, don't act. Think. And I feel like that's really important. We should really think our actions before, understand where they come from, understand where we're going with them, and act only once we fully thought out what we want to do and where we want to go. Hmm. Oh, that's nice. And uh, yeah, thank you. It was uh, really fun to talk with you. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. It was really fun, too. Yeah, it's my pleasure.